At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Between 1981 and 2011, the space shuttle carried almost 500 astronauts to lower space orbit and safely back to Earth. Zoom out and the space shuttle program has spanned 40 years. Four decades of innovation, achievement, and countless milestones. The program didn't just transport astronauts and satellites, but helped launch the Hubble Space Telescope and International Space Station. Taking part in many of these operations was Wayne Hale. Today, he's retired, but for much of his career, he was front and center at NASA. Hale was the NASA Space Shuttle Program Manager for two years, and before that, was flight director for 41 missions, none of which included the Challenger and Columbia disasters. It was his job to ensure that each flight was carried out safely and that all mission objectives were accomplished even under extremely risky conditions. The space shuttle was always an experimental vehicle. And those of us that worked in the shuttle program were well aware of the fact that there were certain risks involved in every flight. Many critics of the space shuttle said it was impractical and believed that a capsule-type rocket would have been safer. However, Hale maintains that its design was the best one for the job with the technology that was available at the time. The space shuttle had the capability to do a lot of things. Most rockets just go up, get to space, and push their little payload out, uh, spring-loaded off the top of it. And, and they're done. We came with the capability to repair, to service. We had a robot arm to assemble. We had an airlock to send astronauts out in spacesuits to do work, whether that was assembly or repair or servicing, what have you. We launched some of the greatest scientific missions of the era, the capstone of which was the Hubble Space Telescope, and serviced it, repaired it several times. The list goes on quite a long way. Yeah, you could have done it with capsules, but it would have taken longer, many more flights, and the logistics would have just been terrible. He adds that it's a myth that the program was strapped for money early on and that the initial developers had to improvise because of dwindling funds. Money was always a concern. Don't misunderstand me. We suffered later on because we had a lack of spare parts. We simply didn't have the money to invest in having enough spare parts, so we were always swapping parts between orbiters, which made the turnaround slower and more costly. So when we talk about, well, the shuttle didn't achieve its economic goals, true, but part of that was due to some penny-pinching that came along later, not necessarily during the development stage, but during the operational period. The space shuttle did cost several billions of dollars to develop a lot more than Congress had anticipated. Hale says this is because NASA has always operated under a model based on World War II defense contracting called cost-plus contracts. And remember, NASA never built anything. NASA always designed things and hired 
an aerospace contractor to build them for them to their specification. But a contractor would build their parts, but if it turned out to be more costly than expected, they would just build a government. So there was no, well, I don't say there's no, but very little incentive to save money. Once the shuttle was built and in operation, the government felt it was good enough and didn't need additional improvements and funds. As a result, inherent risks in the shuttle's design were overlooked. Two factors being that it had no flyback boosters and the wings overheated upon re-entry into Earth's atmosphere. Politicians touted the invention as a vehicle that was as safe as commercial airline travel, which Hale says it never was and never would be. I think the management certainly succumbed to the pressure, unrelenting pressure, to fly faster and to do it with significantly less money, which meant that effectively safety was compromised. Yeah. NASA, to build the International Space Station, struck a deal with the administration that NASA would effectively get no extra money, but be allowed to build it by economizing in their other programs, which meant that the space shuttle program all of a sudden was strapped for money because uh, all the development money or much of the development money coming for the space station development was coming out of what had earlier been the budget for the space shuttle program. There was also time pressure. We're going to get this done in a certain amount of time for all kinds of reasons. The result was the catastrophic Challenger explosion in 1986, which killed all seven crew members on board. Only then did safety become a top priority. But slowly, over a period of 17 years, this fell to the wayside, and the program once again faced mounting political pressures. Again, we got into this cycle of a slow kind of, can't you do it for less money? Can't you do it faster? Don't you think you're over-worrying some of these problems? And over the course of 17 years, that eroded, and you wound up with Columbia. And I dare say that could happen to any program. So, um, you know, it takes constant vigilance. And everyone would tell you, and the whole organization and outside would say, well, safety's number one, we're concerned about safety, but it's nice to say those words, but it's really the actions that go along with what you do that prove whether you're walking the walk rather than just talking the talk. When it comes to innovation and experimentation, Hale believes private, commercial enterprises are far better equipped than government-run programs reliant on public funding. One of the features, one of the hallmarks of NASA's programs is people expect it to be successful, period. And any shortcoming or malfunction or failure is treated as though it's a terrible waste of the taxpayer's money and so forth, which it is. In a commercial firm, if they go out and blow up their rocket and say, hey, we learned a little bit today, even though we blew up a rocket, everybody says, hey, isn't that great? That's the way commercial companies need to operate. NASA could never get away with that kind of attitude. Hale and his colleagues at NASA's space shuttle program had always hoped for the day they would be able to take their knowledge and apply it to a second-generation NASA shuttle that was all-around better. Sadly, this hasn't happened yet. Instead, since retiring from NASA, Hale has worked as a consultant to commercial aerospace companies and also served on the NASA Advisory Council. Looking ahead, he's hopeful that the next generation will bring fresh ideas and policies into the industry. 
To find out more about our guests this week, visit viewpointsradio.org. For more behind the scenes, search Viewpoints Radio on Instagram, X, and Facebook. This segment was written and produced by Polly Hansen. Our executive producer is Amira Zaveri. Our studio manager is Jason Dickey. I'm Marty Peterson. Hey, it's your girl, Lonnie Love, and this segment is brought to you by Metamucil. Are you ready to take charge of your digestive health? I know I am. That's why I'm teaming up with Metamucil for the two-week challenge. Metamucil's 4-in-1 fiber helps promote regularity. Unlike many fibers, Metamucil's psyllium fiber gels to trap and remove waste from your digestive system, helping you feel lighter and more energetic after just two weeks. Try the Metamucil two-week challenge today. Learn more at metamucil.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Coming up next week. We know the research shows that there's increased loneliness across basically all age levels. A child or a teen may have straight A's, but that doesn't mean they're set for success. Then... Whether it's an exam or negotiating in a high-stakes meeting or a cross-country race, you can't just sort of go in there and wing it and hope for the best. We speak with a high-profile performance psychologist on what it takes to be your very best. I'm Marty Peterson. And I'm Gary Price. These stories in-depth on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints. viewpoints for this week. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to learn more about upcoming shows and find a library of past programs on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Plus, you'll always find previous segments and more information about our guests at viewpointsradio.org. Join us again next week for another edition of Viewpoints. Viewpoints.